0: Welcome to the Operavi Podcast, dedicated to points of view, challenges, experiences, and best practices in managing enterprise debt. I am Daryl Richardson, the Chief Product Evangelist for Operavi, the data intelligence and automation company. Welcome to another Operavi podcast. Today we are going to discuss why Operavi and why now. It's pretty exciting for me today. Uh, This is the first podcast I've done where I actually have guests. So I have a guest speaker. Number one guest speaker is Paul Starrett of Starrett Consulting. Um, And we also have Beth Winters from Operavi. And uh, I'm actually going to let them uh, introduce themselves and talk a little bit about what they do. So, Paul, you want to start off?
1: Absolutely. Uh, My name is Paul Starrett and um, I specialize in um, privacy and data protection. Um, I'm a licensed attorney, but I really more identify as a data scientist and technologist. And um, I, what I, my value is to be able to bring all of these different uh, the laws and the technologies together. Um, and use of a, an operavi tool is is one uh, great way to do that. So that's a bit about myself.
0: That's awesome! Wow, I, I actually just learned that you are a data scientist. Uh, <laughs> so very good, uh, Beth. Uh, Beth, how about you?
2: Yes, uh, thanks for having me, Beth Winters. I'm also an attorney. I like to call myself a recovering attorney. Um, And now I am a solutions marketing manager here at Operavi. I love bringing my legal background in to uh, work on um, marketing strategies and uh, writing content and thought leadership about um, how Data management software like Paravi can help with legal and compliance issues.
0: Wow, that's awesome. And, and it's really great to have you here. I mean, you, you just recently redo, released an ebook. You want to talk a real quick plug about that ebook?
2: Yeah, our ebook is live now about data privacy. It's a really comprehensive uh, look at the recent data privacy regulations that might apply to your organization. Um, Really easy to to look at with infographics so um, give it a read. Uh, It talks about CCPA, GDPR um, as well as HIPAA and other areas where uh, you might uh, have to comply with.
0: Awesome And, and where can they download that from?
2: You can go to our website uh www.operavi.com and we have a uh, docs section um so go ahead and check that out
0: awesome yes everybody should go and check this out I've, i've taken a read of it myself and being a compliance guy for 14 years you know this is uh it's really well done. Um, very easy to read and uh, very informative. So, um, so cool. So, you know, we have a couple of to- topics today I want to talk about, you know, you know, why Operavi, why now, you know, and, and, you know, Operavi is coming into this mainstream automation and intelligence, um, field. Uh, we're actually kind of creating our own type of, uh, of a platform here. So, um, you know, and, and there's three things that I've seen over the last, uh, you know, 10 to 14 years. Um, you know, number one, increasing regulations, which we can all agree those are changing on an almost monthly basis. Um, there's also too much data for humans to interact with, so more dependence on the automation of data management. And then um, we'll touch on the lack of a skilled workforce as well, because I've definitely seen um, the the skilled individuals in governance start to kind of dwindle. Um, So um, this is kind of a a dying breed of a a position in companies. So let's take a look at the increasing regulations. So, you know, more states obviously are set to pass data privacy laws. You know, you've got Nevada, Maine, California. You know, there's a second part of the California Consumer Privacy Act, New York, Massachusetts, Texas, Washington. Um, I know there's one in Florida, too, that's being made. So all these are coming down the pipe. Um, We also have the federal data privacy laws that are gaining steam. Um, Consumer Online Privacy Acts, or COPRA, and the U.S. Consumer Data Privacy Act, the CDPA, are now in Congress, and they're working through the the bugs and all these things. So you can expect to see these rules coming out uh, as well. Um, And then, of course, the consolidation of departments. Is, is something that I've seen so what, what I would expect to see um, in the future would be companies instead of using a department wide uh, compliance or governance structure that they're going to start adopting two to five rules as an enterprise wide data strategy. Um, so uh, a lot of those uh, individual department rules are going to go away in lieu of, 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 a, of a corporate-wide. And then, of course, the integration of security and privacy, right? Every time we hear about a breach, right, the first thing we think about is, oh, my gosh, the, the security guys failed, right? Or, or, the you know, nobody ever says it was the, the governance or compliance team that failed. It's always the security guy. So, uh, but, Paul, what do you, what do you think about you know the increasing regulations. You know from from where you've seen um, in this uh, in this type of a field here.
1: Yeah, I think the the primary issue has to do with um, having proper counsel at the outset. Uh, someone, for example, with Beth's background, someone that I can interface with, if you will, in, in the context of of what I do. Um, I think that. What's interesting, though, is that there's a lot of overlap. I think certain laws will inform others or will inspire others. California often leads in that area. But also the ability to understand how um, a tool uh, that can um, <clears throat> scan for sensitive data and help you understand how that effort can be marshaled to the uh, the laws. And I think um, what I'm seeing is the ability to map out what the laws require, what's common, uh, and then to build out, um, you know, uh, classifications, if you will, of sensitive data. What does one law say is uh, something you have to govern, and what does another one say? And the ability to then go into your uh, enterprise system, if you will, and uh, find a solution that can help you wrangle the data around those rules. So I think that's, that's what I'm seeing is trying to pull that all together.
0: Interesting interesting very good um beth what about you what what do you see about the regulations increasing
2: yeah i mean i think the regulations around uh data privacy are a response to those security breaches um that we've had in recent years so um they uh companies are under increasing scrutiny to uh, comply with these regulations um not just you know for uh to, to avoid fines um, and vi- for the violations but also to avoid um, uh, harm to their reputation so the um, these uh, these data breach breaches are becoming increasingly common um, and then and people want to have control over their data they want to know what companies are collecting about them they want to know what companies have on them and how that puts them at risk um, so part of it is, a response to that, giving consumers more control over their data and what companies are collecting about them. Um, I think they the federal um, privacy regulations that are proposed um, are interesting. Obviously, right now we don't have a federal, a comprehensive federal policy about privacy. Um, that's why states have started to create their own rules. And this is a response, again, to those security breaches as well as to uh, Europe, which has implemented the GDPR, which is a comprehensive policy for, for Europe. Other c- countries are now, like Brazil, um, adopting their own policies. So having a federal policy will simplify things for companies so that they don't have to comply on a state-by-state basis obviously companies will choose to comply with the strictest standards and right now those seem to be um, from coming from california so um, the California CCPA is the one that has the most attention, not only because it's the first one um, of its kind in the United States, but also because it is very strict. So um, companies would do well to comply with that one uh, rather than comply on an individual basis yeah. with each different state.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely.
1: Um, yeah. Daryl, can I just uh, tail off of that, that yeah. thought? Yeah, yeah Absolutely. So, yeah, no, that's that's very well put. And I think I agree. I hope that a federal law will come and kind of put an end to the uh, herding of the cats of all the state laws. But I also would just added that some of the regulations that are in information security are there as well and are often applicable, applicable directly. to a company, but are also a strong overlap with privacy because of the data protection requirements. So I'm seeing uh, a lot of interest in being able to uh, include those requirements as well because the data breaches are so vexing, Uh, not just regulators but also class action lawsuits to Beth's point with reputation and so on. So I think um, integrating that into the uh, process is important also.
2: Yeah, the CCPA does give like a private right of action, so people can sue directly when there is a data breach. Um, the company, um, I some companies are getting a, an influx of these uh, of these DSAR requests um, since January one, when the CCPA went into effect, and uh, July one was the effective date for enforcement. Um, by the California Attorney General. So, this is really important right now um, that companies start to understand the data that they have and. Um, what their response is going to be like when they start to get these information requests.
0: Yeah, yeah you, hit, you hit on something at the beginning there with the, uh, the uh, you know, a lot of these companies like Marriott and British Airways and Google and Uber, you know, that it, it's not necessarily the financial damages, but that reputation is going to kill them. Right. I mean, uh, I, I am a Marriott guy. So, you know, I and I and I specifically remember Marriott giving me like extra points and a lot of other things. Right. You know, so, yeah, it was it was interesting. Um, so let, let's move on to, you know, the the data set itself. Right. So. You know, looking at reducing the amount of data is one thing, but if you look at the typical data set today being around 365 terabytes per enterprise, you know, that equivalates to about uh, 365 million files. Um, That's a lot of data, right? As a matter of fact, it's too much data for humans to manage effectively as far as I'm concerned. Um, And and if you look at that and then you look at the data sprawl in, in, in regards to the different data sources it's too difficult to manage to begin with just the data sources, not, not to mention how much data is on those things, but there's too many sources to manage. Um, and then you, you couple that with complex data privacy practices, um, you know, because, you know, a lot of organizations are departmentalized and each department has their own regulations instead of a corporate-wide thing. Um, and, and then, of course, uh, this merging of these departments where this... Uh, this reduction in workforce is starting to see um, where departments are starting to merge, right? So, uh, you know, Beth, what do you think about um, the data set itself, right? I mean, how do we effectively manage the data set?
2: Well, I think a solution like Operavi is is great because it um, creates one searchable uh, database for all of your data. Um, So it connects those repositories in one searchable data lake um, with... 140-plus industry-specific predefined classification policies. And the great thing about Aparavi is that it's a cloud-based platform. So those uh, those policies will be updated automatically as these regulations change and shift. Um, you don't even have to worry about keeping up. You can just, with one click, uh, make sure that you're able to search for uh, the data that's important to you, yeah,
0: that's, Comply that's cool. with that policy. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 you know, Operavi's platform is going to revolutionize the way uh, companies manage their data for sure. But Paul, what about you? I mean, how, you know, you, you're out there in, in a um, consulting type of a field. You know, what, how, how are you guys managing this massive amount of data?
1: Well, I think um, from a conceptual standpoint, um, you know, we always start with the idea of ROI. And I think the first thing that you can do uh, with, with a tool like Operavi is to find what they call the uh, trivial, obsolete, or redundant data. So to immediately kind of identify that and know what to do with it, not to keep it um, or to maybe archive it. Um, but then also once you get through the uh, these 140 different classification uh, uh, policies is to then, once you see that, you now know where you are. You now have a, a very clear, well-informed understanding of what you're company has and then you can make informed decisions about what's the cost to become compliant and make uh, risk management decisions based on what you got back from your searches and your scans so I
2: right. some companies don't even know what type of data they're collecting they don't even know uh, what their vendors are collecting or if they're selling data Um, so I think a solution like is, is great for that but it also it um, speaks to, again, knowing what you have. Um, you can use that for business intelligence and intelligence in general. There's a lot of different applications um, for, these, for these insights that you can get just by understanding your data and what you have.
1: Yeah. And, and if I could just put a question to you, Beth, um, I think one of the things that as you look at that um, resulting um, data map, if you will, of what data you've got and what buckets they fit, uh, fit under as far as regulations. Doesn't it then become a risk management decision about how much you the company will spend to become compliant? Because I know that no regulator, or at least I don't believe any regulator, is going to say you have to spend more money than you're earning. So there is a risk management, a reasonableness to this, um, to say that there's not a one size fits all. W- w- is that a first statement under the given regulations? Um, curious about your your thought.
2: Yeah, I think once you know what data you have, you can start making those decisions. I mean, you don't know what type of data you're even collecting about an individual. So how do you verify a user's identity when they, when they make a request? Um, do you have their... Are you just collecting their email address or do you have a lot more data about them? Um, that helps you make those types of decisions. If you're a healthcare company and you have uh, uh, healthcare information. Um, you know that it's it's going to be a different scenario than a company that's collecting credit card information, or that's uh, collecting personal information for marketing purposes. So if there's there's a lot of different considerations depending on the size of your organization, how siloed it is, um, what the different departments are, what industry you're in, um, it'll you know the, the the but the data inventory is like the first step, just knowing what you have.
0: Yeah, and there's two things that I would add to this. You know, number one, you know, with Operavis uh, classification, having pre-built complete policies is massive, right? I mean, I've seen too many tools over the last 14 years where you're expecting your end users to define these policies um, through regex expressions or pattern matching or you know lexicons, and it's just I mean, it, the the chances of missing things is is way too great to rely on end users to define their own policies, right? So, operavi uses industry professionals to 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 build these policies and patterns. You know, so it's it's, it's pretty powerful. Um, and there's let's,
2: there's also a lot of like customization that you need because there's so many different policies. Um, you know, and now consumers have a right to kind of pick and choose what type of data you keep and what you delete. So, you know, if you're, if you're just collecting one bit of information about one user versus uh, everything about another, those are different policies that you have to have in place.
0: Right, right. Yeah. And, and you know, that, that kind of is a good segue into the last part of our discussion here, which is, you know, the lack of skilled uh, individuals in, in the governance field. Right. You know, so as you see organizations or or enterprises merge departments that are responsible for the data, like your security and compliance teams in the in the very near future, you're going to see the CISO or a data scientist or data steward is managing the compliance and governance of the data. But then you look at, um, you know, the need for a compliance team. Right. Does does the small to medium enterprise really need compliance team, right? I mean, it really depends on the regulated data sets um, and the types of industry that they have to, you know, adhere to, you know, so a lot of companies being in normal business, you know, they're I don't need a compliance team, right? I, I don't have, I don't deal with any regulated data, but anytime you collect a name or, or a phone number or an email address, you are managing regulated data. So at a, at a certain point, the automation of classification is going to ha- going to be of value to these guys. And and the skilled data governance and compliance workforce, for me anyway, from what I've seen, has decreased by over 70% in the last 10 years. Right, And I can, I, I have no answer to, to why other than maybe it's just a, a very lackluster position, right? And it's very unforgiving if there's a breach or some sort of, you know, a document with some PII or something got out. Uh, those guys are the first ones to get blamed right you know or the security guy gets you know let go because you know immediately it's a security breach you know and then when you look at the top tier of these enterprises you know most of the decision making process comes from them and and they don't understand it right they rely on outsourced legal teams or compliance teams you know so so paul i mean uh, you know as a consultant i mean you obviously will go in and help these companies to define their governance and compliance strategy. What do you think about the uh, the lack of uh, education out there in the, in the enterprise today?
1: That's a great question. And I think um, it's a complex one, but I'll try to see if I can't um, encapsulate it here. I think that it is, um, I think people are afraid. I think most people just don't really know, they don't know how to, to deal with this at all because they hear about CCPA and GDPR. And so <clears throat> a lot of them just sort of wait and see what's going to happen to see what do we really have to do. Um, but I think that um, it, it's really the data is the scary side of it. It's not just that you have lots of different uh, laws to abide by. Um, but I do think that some of the solutions are one, certainly a tool like Operavi, uh but I think, you know, um, Data Privacy Officer is a service Because a lot of times, a general counsel, for example, will be um, in charge of privacy and information security compliance and all these things. And they're a generalist and don't really have the time to become a legal expert in any given vertical. And so I think the challenge there is to, to make sure that whatever enterprise is there, big or small, that they have some notion. Whether it's by way of uh, people who specialize, like say in privacy, like Beth does, or in information security, like some other people do, or they hire it as a, as a service, uh, you know, chief information security office as a service. I know people who do this. Um, but I think that the challenge is to, um, if, if, you wear a, if you wear many hats, to try to find those individual um, professionals that you can reach out to as needed in order to get those questions answered.
0: Yeah, very good. And Beth, what about you? What are are you seeing uh, over the last five to 10 years?
2: Yeah, I think a lot of these titles are just new titles that didn't exist before because companies are realizing the importance of having somebody in this role. So chief risk officer uh, didn't exist a few years ago. Um, So I don't know if it's just that people are dropping out of the workforce in this area or that the demand for the role has has increased exponentially as these new regulations have started to come out and uh, companies know that they need to really get with the program and understand their data, understand the risks involved.
0: Sure, absolutely. No, I mean, you know what, guys, I mean, this has been great. I mean, I, I think the the customer base that Op Robbie's going after, this is um, exactly the information that they need to to hear, right? Uh, you know, how do we do things, right? You know, I, I, as a compliance specialist, you know, in, in software, I've always been asked at the end, you know, it's like, what do I do from here, right? You know, so I would say, you know, there's just, uh, you know, maybe six things that I would, I would do is say, number one is to research uh, your end-to-end compliance and governance application. Um, make sure you have a, def- a defined record schedule. Um, have a way to secure and protect your high-risk data types, um, providing a full automated classification of the data as you bring it in. Provide access to the data and then determine the most cost-effective storage to protect and and, uh, and store that data so that the company can see an immediate ROI. So um, I I think, you know, again, this has been great. I mean, I've really enjoyed having you guys on here. Um, This, uh, uh, you know, our podcasts are, uh, you know, typically they've been done by me as a single person, but now having you guys and and the value that you guys can bring has just been amazing. With that, I'd like to say to everyone listening, thank you for joining. Um, And, you know, join us uh, on future podcasts as we have more guests out there um but uh, everyone have a great day and, and we'll talk to you soon thank you for listening to the Operavi podcast for more information see operavi.com or contact us directly via email at infooperavi.com. you can also follow us on linkedin and twitter for the latest news tips and insights on data intelligence and automation We'll be back soon with more episodes, so if you found today's topic useful, please subscribe, rate, and review, or share with a friend or colleague. Thanks, and see you soon.